Welcome back to another episode of House to House. It is Aya Boy, Kyler. Across me is always the guy who picked a pack of pickled peppers, Peter. <laughs> hello, hello. Of course, we have the big bad boss, David Bay. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, super lag. Yeah, I realize. Everything okay on your end? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Also, we have a very special guest today for this episode. The director of Property Master. Everybody, let's give a warm welcome to Robin. Hi, everybody. Hello, Hi. Hey, Robin. Welcome to House to House. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself before we go into today's topic? Uh, I've, been, I've been in this industry for 15 years. I'm working now with uh, Bay to have this um, new initiative, Property Master and Mortgage Master, to provide a one-stop service to mm. our consumers, to our customers. And um, we hope to give uh, customers a more enjoyable experience in their purchase or their sale of their properties. All right, awesome stuff. Uh, I just want to ask you this question. What, what really made you get into... You know, entering the property industry was there like some like since young you've been always interested in housing, or was that do you feel like a calling or anything? I was in the air force for thirteen years. Oh wow! Okay. Yep, and um, the reason why I chose to go into real estate was because what I liked when I was in the air force was the control of time. Mm-hmm. So I come into real estate by chance, uh, okay. because I'm familiar with people who are already in this industry. Uh, what what brings me into real estate is really the control of time, which I like the flexibility. I I, I take control of my time. You know, I call the shots on my time. Mm. Um, that is what really draws me to to come into real estate industry. Nice, awesome. Um. Oh, also, you mentioned like you were in Air Force, right? I don't know why. I think maybe recency bias or something. Top Gun Maverick just came out, and I know that you have a mustache. So it's just that. <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen have you seen the film no Which I'm one? not yet Maverick got the one he is either goose or rooster right <laughs> I, I don't know like there's this tiktok trend where Iceman. everybody is shaving their moustache you know to left moustache and then they're putting on with the air force gear and everything so that image just came to my head but yeah anyway uh, awesome stuff I'm sure our listeners will definitely appreciate your insights and the takes you're going to give today uh, especially uh, from coming from an objective standpoint but yes, guys, for the past 50 episodes, we've been talking a lot about how to finance your house, you know, like, or the steps to getting your house, what to look for in a house, all very important. But today, we'll be talking about an equally crucial step in the house to house, which is your eventual experience with a property slash real estate agent. Uh, we'll be talking about the current landscape of property agents, maybe reasons why some people have a negative connotation on property agents, and how you can find a proper trustworthy agent for your home buying needs, um, even some of the red flags you can look out for to essentially, at the end of the day, not get cheated by a property agent. Uh, actually, Bay, you wanted to talk about this topic for the longest time, right? Uh, shed some light on what's the reason for that. Basically... I want to talk about the habits to protect our listeners from 
Wow. See, I don't even want to say these negative things. Lah. Okay, so some housing agents are negative, uh, are unscrupulous and only care about themselves while pretending to care about customers. Mm. I just want to share with our listeners these things to look out for. Oh, okay, if this was a headline, things to look out for to know your housing agent is not good. Wow, that's a solid headline, I tell you then. Yeah, very, very repeated, right? They can apply copywriter for Streets Times you did. Oh, wow. Thanks, man. <laughs> no problem. Oh. But yes, that's why we are bringing Robin on today. An expert in not only property, but someone who was also the president of Institute of Estate Agents. So he's had an abundance of experience teaching and interacting with real estate salespeople. So without any further ado, let's get some insight and perspective from a property agent. Uh, oh, Robin, yes, by the way, I'm the I'm the mortgage noob in Mortgage Master, which means I'll be even more of a gundu when it comes to property. So along the way, in this episode, if I say any terms or concepts wrongly, just feel free to correct me, okay? Yeah, sure, but but it's, it would be probably Bay who, who will be... Bay is the one that will correct. Yeah, yeah I, mortgage. Uh, Pete, <laughs> Peter has also had first-hand experience in Bay, uh, Bay correcting him, right, Peter? First-hand, first-hand. What are we talking about? <laughs> why why is this a witch hunt? Nothing, no bro. No, wow, no, no, wow, no wow, witch hunt, wow. no witch hunt. <laughs> wow, seriously. So welcome, I feel. <laughs> okay, uh okay. I think this is just a personal question, like coming from Kyler itself. First things first, just to wrong. get things uh, you go away, like you. Okay, first things first, just to get things clear, Robin. Is it property agent or real estate agent? Is there a difference or is there a preference in the industry? Um, there's no there's no preference uh, per se because you know even mm. the CEA um, addresses uh, property agents uh, as real estate salesperson. Oh, so it's the same thing, like Essentially, it's the, it's same, the same thing. Yeah, uh, uh, I okay, guess okay. the more popular, the more common um, terminology used is uh, property agents. Property agent. Okay, then we'll try to stick to that term for for this episode. So Bay has mentioned why we've been wanting to talk about this topic. It's because he feels. Um, and I guess it has influenced us that we feel that there's a problem. But what about you, Robin? What is your take on this? Do you think there's currently a problem surrounding the trustworthiness of property agents? Sensitive lah. That's oh, just don't sensitive. Say, I'm thinking, I'm thinking <laughs> how to... I'm, saying, I'm, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling, I'm the feeler voice. Oh, a feeler voice. I didn't <laughs> okay, I cannot beatbox. <laughs> Confirm you add this into it because of that now. <sighs> Sad. I guess it would be, I guess it would probably be better said that uh, uh, you need trust for everything, right? Even between friends, right? So, yeah, for sure. So, between the property agent and the client, there mm-hmm. is definitely a need for trust and mm-hmm. trust is not built overnight. Right. So, yeah. So, I would say that um, in all cases, they definitely need to have trust. And whether the agent itself is trustworthy or not, I would akin it to like any other relationship because you know you may not even trust your friend, right? You may not even mm. trust your family. Yeah, so this trust has to be built and it doesn't come overnight. Well, of course, there'll be some agents who whom you can build trust easily. Um, some may not because they may not be, to begin with, uh, they may not be uh, that um, trustworthy, right? Yeah. So I would say you need to pick and choose the property agents wisely. You need to okay. talk to the agents wisely before you embark the journey down the road with them. 
for sure. I think that's a that's a good word to put it on uh, wisely. Uh, okay, so we've basically established that you can make the correct decision decision into choosing the house agent. Like you do your own research, everything. Then you think like, okay, this agent is right for me. But it's not new that we've seen scandals, right? Like even if you make a decision, you you find a property agent you think you can trust, a problem might still arise. Like maybe out of self-interest from the property agent then you get cheated out of money, this kind of things, for example. Yeah. So um, what are some of the problems do you think that are present or prevalent in this relationship still? Like what are some of the problems that can arise from property agents taking advantage of home buyers? So there will still be there will still be those um, agents who are not so trustworthy to begin mm. with. Uh, you know, along the way, they may you may strike a very good chemistry with them and, you know, you have the relationship and, you know, you decided to engage them, like what you said. And um, along the way, you know, they get cheated, right? This is, this mm. is usually how, yeah. it, how, it, how, it, how it happens. So I would say that uh, even though you engage a property agent, I I would I would strongly encourage the the consumers, the 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 clients to still go ahead and look out for you know what is the norm, what is the practices, and what is the rightful things to do. You know you mm. don't just hundred percent believe the agents. You know because you're you're still trying to you're still trying to build that that uh, the trust. Okay, so hopefully this episode will, you know, eventually teach some, uh, teach our listeners some of the things that um, they can look out for as well. But I've actually seen some online rants and like online threads, um, explaining things like uh price fixing or phantom buying or things called like open bidding wall. This as and I quote, unethical but common sales tactics. So give us some insight. Do these actually happen? And if they do, what? What exactly is like price fixing, phantom buying? And yeah, let's do it one by one, man. Let's split yeah. this one by one. What kind of uh, price fixing are you uh, are you referring to? So the price fixing that I've interpreted from these things are like um the agent themselves, right? They set a certain price, like a minimum price, and then from there they use it as like the sort of like the benchmark or the market rate for potential home buyers even though that price may not be what the seller is offering. Like, they mark up the price in that sense. So, they are the ones controlling the market in a sense. So, I believe that you have heard this from consumers themselves who are suffering the suffering parties, right? Confirmed. I, I don't, I, no way I would have heard this from a property agent, I think. No, no, no. I mean, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm not talking about from... from uh, oh, the online the, the online chats and stuff. Yeah, yeah from yeah, the consumer point from, of view, yeah. Correct. So, if you are looking at I mean, I'm just being fair to property agents here too. Mm-hmm. Of course. So if you are the seller here, and um, would you would you prefer to sell high or to sell low? Sell high lah, of course. Who doesn't want of money? Of course, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever tactic, I, I I wouldn't say that the price fixing because I, I need to go into to understand more of the context, you know, because we need okay. to determine whether ethical or not or whatsoever. Okay, mm. let's put that aside. So if you are the seller, I mean, you, you have already mentioned that you prefer to sell high, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're preferring to sell high, does it matter to you as a seller that you know? Um, let's let's put in put up a, a, a fix a price like what you were saying, mm. the terminology mm. that you used to describe. Let's fix a high price and then I want to close above that high price. Okay. So would that be would that be beneficial to you as a seller? You should you uh, definitely yes, will, right? Seller, yes, yeah. yeah. So, but if you are talking about you as a customer, as a consumer mm. who is buying. So that would be a that would have a negative impact. 
yes. on on you, right? And your on your perspective also, which is why you're talking about price fixing. But I'm I'm actually quite quite uh interested to understand what's wrong with that. Uh? Okay, supposing a valuation of a property is one million, you fix a price at one point two. Then no buyer want to buy, then you don't get to sell. Uh. The buyer can don't buy one, right? You get what I mean? Yeah, yep. I, I think that's fair enough. I think maybe the whole concept of price fixing, price fixing stems from people who find out in retrospect, like after they buy the thing that, hey, actually the seller not asking for this much. Why am I paying this much? But to be fair, no one also asked the buyer to pay that price, right? The fact that they already paid that price shows that they are okay with paying that price, like what they said. So I think it, it's just that... um. That ah yeah, a bit wasted. I think it stems more from that. Like, ah yeah, I could have paid lesser, or it, it might seem like it's a waste of money paying more than you should. I think that's what the I think that's where price fixing comes from. It is I will call this buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse. Oh, wow. yeah. Word this is a, perfectly. This, no, this it's, is a, it's, it's willing buyer, willing seller in this case that I don't think there's anything wrong. Mm. No, no, no. Buyer, okay. So what what happens if the seller states a price mm -hmm. but then the agent misrepresents the price to the buyer and marks up the price so if the seller is willing to sell at say 1 million for example okay but then the the agent tells the buyer you know what uh the seller's not going to go below 1.1 or 1.2 the buyer can don't buy it yeah like, but okay so the, the the question here is is this ethical like is is the agent uh, setting a price higher than what the the seller is willing to sell, you know, is oh, that isn't this isn't this like chat to chat? <laughs> no, I mean honestly, right? I don't think there's anything wrong. Is is your bargaining see, skills, ah? See what your yeah your negotiation skills, yeah. like what level they are on, right? And that's I why think... buyers should engage an agent because the yep. agent is supposed to share with them the valuation of the property. So if you go back to the the earlier point that we that I I, I mentioned, right? Mm. It, all, all, the, all the seller wants a higher price so Peter if you're the seller um, would you turn down the agent's um, offer I mean as in the, uh, the agent managed to secure you a 1.1 million for example and you tell the agent no I just want 1 million please return the please return the buyer <laughs> another 100,000 would you do that? <laughs> I mean it's uh, if you understand the mindset of a, 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 a customer you know a seller or a, a seller per se you no, no seller is going to turn down, you know, the uh, the higher higher offer, you know. It's two hundred k, man. I mean, yeah. No, but from what Peter's explaining is that if I tell you, uh, Robin, you want to buy this house one point one million, uh, so so like that, I already stage it. They don't use the word price fixing. They they use the word stage. So I stage mm. it that your offer will come in at okay. So I know you will lowball me. If you lowball me at one million, my deal is done. Because I know my seller is willing to go at one million, right? Mm. Um, it's like I said, it's like chat to chat, right? It's, it's staging the situation. Like actually, this 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 dress is just ten bucks, sing dollars. But when you ask me how much, I say forty. Then you tell me twenty. Then I'm like, cannot like twenty or twenty five. You know, <laughs> then mm. I'm still happy actually because I don't mind selling at ten one, mm. right? Um, but that's what that's what it is, uh, I, uh, Again. From okay, so taking taking Robin out of the equation from a non-housing agent, licensed housing agent standpoint, I think this is just negotiation, and this is where the buyer valuations can be gotten from another housing agent representing you. 
So if you don't have another agent representing you to tell you that, hey, this house, the valuation, $1 million only, then you offer the 1.1 for the seller. That's where you went to chat to chat. Your friend didn't tell you yesterday he bought at $10. You willingly pay 25 mm. I don't think it's any fault except your ignorance. Uh. You like you didn't fight hard it's enough a, or you didn't put enough fault. effort. La, in it's the sense. consumer's fault. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. But I, I mean I, I think I under I understand where Peter is coming from. Like, is it ethical or not? I think that that one is a bit more of a fine line where people tend to fall on either side of the equation. But I mean, at the end of the day, it is a sales tactic, to be fair. It is a sales tactic. So uh, I think we can put to rest on that. No. Um, I mean yeah, if you're I mean, a bum, you don't earn money, everything, but when you go out, you wear a suit. Then people think you're a investment banker. Is it ethical? Well, is that impression right? Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. I would, yeah. I would probably say that no property agents would want to set the standard so high that you know mm. if if the sellers because because the sell there are certain expectations or rather there's always an expectation right from the seller. Mm. So if the seller has set a, uh, uh, the seller has set an expectation, I don't think it is. It is um, of sound mind of anybody who wants to <laughs> go, you know. I mean, for agents, by the way, they don't get paid until the deal is done. Correct. Mm. So okay, Robin, my it, house one million. I, I die only 1.5 that I sell. You don't I even mean, bother I mean, to do business with me, what? Yeah, so it would be, I would say it's really, really... Um, <laughs> I mean, un- un- unbelievable that, you know, if the seller is asking for 1 million and from the agent's perspective that he wants to achieve 1.5 million ridiculous price for, I mean, what is what is his objective? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, it's because it doesn't benefit him at all to, to overprice. It's going to make his job difficult because he will not be able to close and he's going to mm. spend a lot of money on marketing and marketing is not cheap. Mm. So yeah, it's it doesn't make sense, and um, you know, not to mention the set uh, the agents would have to um facilitate you know going to do house viewings and so on and so forth, and those are cost mm. to the agents. So it, yeah, um, no agents of sound mind would 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 overprice um go beyond to a drastic extent. Uh. Yeah, yep. Uh, I like how I like how Robin just like it's not. Not not a smart agent, uh, not a stupid agent, uh, not a CD agent. He literally sound mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but do they get higher commission if let's say they sell above their like 1.5 million for a 1 million house? If let's say they sell at 1.5 million, do they get a higher commission? Well, this is all subject to negotiation between between the seller and the agents. But definitely mm. even even if they, they go on to a tiered commission scheme. If they hmm. go on to a tier commission scheme, like you know, if if you hit a certain if you hit a certain price point, I can probably uh, remunerate you another one or two percent, you know. Ah, um, okay, okay. That that can happen. That can happen. But this minimum, or rather, the the price point would have actually been reviewed right during the discussion hmm. with the agent. But the agent can go for the higher tier, of course, but. You know, nothing out of ordinary, or rather, it, it won't be it won't be an extraordinary numbers. You know, selling price, but it is still something that is within the expectation, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I can something that is impossible. I'm as an agent, I won't take the job. 
If you set something that is possible but very difficult, unreasonable, then it's also my job to tell you, hey, then you have to give me these terms, a higher commission, because instead of finding the 10 out of 100 viewers who will buy your house and offer, I need to find the 1 out of 1,000 who loves your house to want to pay that price. Mm. Right, so now you pay have like COV yeah, or everything, uh, for example. COV for HDB or, or private, like this absurd price. I have to make sure that I find and hunt that one individual that, mm. you know, your neighbor is also selling uh, at 300k lesser. No? I have mm. to make sure I find the individual that like your southwest facing and can see that tree because they like that tree from your window. <laughs> you know, I need to find that, that special guy who there's a price for love, who loves yeah. that view, who mm. loves that facing, who loves the feng shui, who, you know, it, it, I have to find that guy. So therefore, I want higher comp. Therefore, I want exclusive. If not, what's, what's the point of me putting in so much effort? If you yeah. don't want, you either reduce the price or that you are, you reduce, your exp- I mean, I have to see whether you really reduce your expectations or I don't take up the job. Why would I take up a job that I know that I will lose money on? And lose time on time is also money. Mission yeah, impossible. Yep. This one. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I'll take up a job that's difficult. Ah, wow! Everybody loves a challenge. Lah. Robin also tell me he loves a challenge. Ah. he's actually selling a six mil landed property now. Just FYI, mm-hmm. anybody want to buy six mil landed property? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, you love that challenge. But I don't love to do the impossible. I'm already doing. We are already doing the impossible with property master. We are changing how agents behave, and and mm. you know. So that's one impossible is hard enough. La. We don't need two. La. Mm. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Um, uh, I think it's a more co- maybe a, another common problem is called phantom buying. It's when um, agents, they, they tell a potential buyer that another buyer has a better offer and it sort of <laughs> manipulates them into increasing their offer. But whether or not there actually is another buyer, we don't know. La. You know, they could be like just doing the sense is this maybe another variation of price staging or is this a another problem that exists in the property market what do you all think similar to price fixing um mm. it's another sales tactic that um, you mentioned earlier on price fixing as a sales tactic um this phantom buying is another sales tactic it sounds similar to price fixing mm. the situation of price fixing like you mentioned earlier on where you know the you know, you stage the price, hey, that you know, the last offer is at a certain price or whatsoever, right? Mm. So this phantom buying, it's similar except, except that right now, you know, you're just trying to create a competition. But this tactic will also break, you know, in a matter of time because, mm. you know, if, 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 if there is an offer already, you know, I, I believe, you know, from a logical point of view, people would tie in this together with the price fixing because... You have like, hey, I've got a last offer, certain price, and so on and so forth, right? So you're trying to hit the price. Um, but for phantom buying, you, it, it, if, if there is really a genuine offer and the seller is willing to buy, right? If we put the pieces together, willing or rather willing to sell. So if the mm. seller is willing to sell at a certain price and you've got an offer there already, so logically it should be gone in a matter of days. So right. in, in, in a matter of weeks, you are still seeing the listing is there. Um, it's also a matter of time because for the agent, they will be holding cost, right? Mm. So, yeah, any, it, 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 it's anybody's game. Let's put it yeah. this way. Uh. Today, I offer you 1 million. You tell me, got 1,050,000 offer. I don't know whether to believe or not, correct? Mm, mm, mm. 
I offer you 1 million 30,000. You say ons, immediately I say I don't want. Because it doesn't make sense, right? If I offer 130, you say ons, or oh, because the, the, the seller likes your face more. Please, lah. my face not worth 20,000, really, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. So yeah, you're so saying like, it's a lie, buyers right? can try that tactic, and then if the if the agent immediately say, yes, okay, I'll yeah. take your your deal for a lesser amount, yeah. you as the consumer should know that, hey, something up, you just yeah. back out immediately. Lah. Yeah, but but at the same time, uh, me and Robin, together with the whole company, we are actually building a system where, uh, that's why the last term open bidding is something interesting because I'm like, are we doing something that people don't like? We are mm. actually building a system where every offer and bid is open and transparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that people need to log in with SingPass to bid. Lah, and then okay. put a, a deposit to bid. So you bid fake one, you get the deal. Uh, you don't buy. Uh, you don't go through with it. I'm going to okong your, your deposit. Your deposit. Uh, yeah. So people cannot just anyhow so, like silly so really we, go and yeah, pull muscle. Correct. So we build a company system so that the the seller and buyer both have to have integrity mm. or sacrifice a small sum of money. La. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. There's like some loss incurred, even if, you know, regardless like what their intentions are at the end of the day. I mean, Especially we hope it works. Not... <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's a good safeguard, la, definitely. It's better than not having any costs incurred, right? Yep. You just like throw everyone in the room and then make them fight out. And then at the end, it's like an auction war, right? And then at the end of the day, you don't buy anything. True. That kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so we've heard some of the problems that might occur when working with a property agent, um, you know, such as price aging, phantom buying, and even open bidding war. Help us understand, Robin, what are some of the reasons why you think this happened? Like, is it really just self-interest or is there another, uh, another, another thing at play where us like regular people don't see? Well, it's very difficult to determine whether if it is for self-interest or not. Um, mm-hmm. Well, there are there are instances where the agents act out on self-interest, mm. which uh, were, were, were not uh, mentioned earlier on. The different different situations, different scenarios where agents uh, acted on their self-interest were not uh, mentioned. But from what we were discussing, I do not really say, I would not really say that it is of self-interest. Okay. But more of, you know, trying to set a certain selling price. Mm. You know, you can go to Pasamalam or Chatuchat, which Bay mentioned earlier on. You know, you see the different you see the different sales tactic in order to achieve the results that they want, right? Yeah. Yep. So I wouldn't say it is self-interest, but more of meeting the objective. So um if you're talking about self-interest. Um, I would I would probably refer to the article yesterday, you know, in the news, um, which, which talk about you know the agent getting commission from both sides and so on and so mm, forth. Mm, mm, mm. So that is a clear cut. The intention, or rather, the action of the agent is a clear cut that it is he is acting out on his self interest to get more, to get more financial benefit. Yeah. you know, than than he should. Right. Okay. Uh just to set things clear, when. You say that like this this property agent that appeared in the news yesterday, they received double commission, right? Who are they actually supposed to receive the commission from? Just the seller, is it? Um, if the agent is selling is representing the seller, the seller, hmm. the agent would have to collect the commission from the seller only, or rather, he oh. has only got to he has only he can only collect commission from one party. If he represents the buyer, he collects the uh, commission from the buyer. That so there's the no agent of- that can represent both sides, Anna. 
precisely and ah, whether okay. the paying of commission for, uh, re- regarding paying of commission it differs between HDB properties and the private properties the private properties the buyers don't pay um, for HDB properties the buyers do pay commission to the agent who represent them so the seller's agent cannot be representing them for buying understand okay okay yeah yeah I think I it's, I mean, it sounds logical. Uh, like there should be one representative for each party, right? If there's one middleman, then it gives him even more incentive to act on self-interest. So yeah, I think it's a good uh, system in hand. Okay, um, let's go on to the next part. I want to talk about how it will affect the home buyer itself. I think the first thing that comes to mind is that home buyers get cheated out of their money. Like, you know, like paying extra for something that they did not have to, like, in a sense. Maybe eventually at the end of the day, they did want to because their love for the house or whatever. But if they was all fair, it was something that they did not have to. Peter, tell us how this will affect their home loan. And then after that, Robin, I also want you to tell me um, whether there are any other effects or consequences that may not be as obvious as just getting cheated out of their money. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Peter, are you able, can you tell us like how this will affect the home loan of the home buyer? Um, so so we mentioned earlier this thing called cash over valuation, where mm. a bank sends a valuer to determine um, the property value. And if the price that you are paying for it is above that property value, then you have to pay the difference in cash. You cannot um, borrow the you you can only borrow up to um, the property value or the purchase price, whichever is lower. Okay. So so the difference then will have to be paid in cash. So if you if your purchase price is is higher than the valuation of the property, then you can't borrow from the bank. You have to pay that difference in cash, and and obviously this means that. If you don't have that cash on hand, you won't be able to afford that purchase price. Basically, mm. put. Ah, okay. So, so the, the the main issue here about you know getting price, getting paying a too high a price is really the cash over valuation and whether you have the cash on hand at the point of purchase to make that transaction. Got it. Okay. All right. Um. So yeah, Robin. Uh, moving on to your part. Are there any other effects or consequences that you think might occur that may not be as obvious as just the home buyers getting cheated out of their money like are there any ways it will any other ways it will affect the home buyer mm, I, I I'm just wondering uh, bro <laughs> must use the word cheat eh? <laughs> they are not being cheated lah bro <laughs> well, then what's, the, what's the more accurate word I can't think of it now because uh, because it's about the, the whole the whole thing is about willing buyer willing seller right? You know what mm, I mean? Mm, mm, so mm. if we go along the flow, you set the 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 sellers set the higher bar. I mean the market is moving, right? So mm. there's it's always the, the property market is always cyclical, right? Mm. So there will be high and there will be low. So there will be no exact unit. There is no exact units, right? Every floor, every units are different. So it is it is it is almost impossible to say that hey, it should be at this price which at the end of the day is, is determined by valuation. So if a buyer who likes it, willing buyer, willing seller, the seller wants it to sell at once wants the unit to be sold at a higher price, the willing the buyer is willing to accept and buy, he's the buyer is not being cheated. Mm. The buyer okay, is not yeah. being cheated because he bought it willingly. He is the one who comes up with the money, 
the consideration, mm. uh, the offer, to place the offer for the for the purchase. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't use the word cheat, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, I came into this episode, um, being ignorant about property agents. Like my whole since young, because I don't have this knowledge, I've known, I've seen them as like potential, um. Like okay, like even me saying like scammer is a bad word. Like they have. I've seen cases of people falling victim to it. So, I mean, this ep- this whole episode definitely applies to me as well. Lah. Like, learning more stuff about what property agents. And I, th- I think it never occurred to me that it's more of a willing buyer thing. Like, even though they might have their sales tactics, right? It's sales yeah. at the end of the day. The buyer is the one that makes the final decision, you know? And if they are okay with paying that higher price, then it means they're okay, lah, right? So... That's what I'm that's one thing that I'm learning through this episode. So okay, yeah. Um, so not much effects or consequences, lah, because at the end of the day, it is a willing buyer, willing seller situation. Yep. Ah, uh, okay, awesome. All right, now that we've covered the problem, let's go on to the most important part of the episode. How can people not fall victim to property agents? Or, you know, even like um things people should be aware of. Because as we mentioned in many previous episodes, housing is not taught in school. So when will we ever learn this? Are we going to ask every home buyer? Like, hey, what are some tips? What are some tips? Cannot be, right? So I'm going to leave it open to the floor here. But tell us, or more importantly, teach us some of the red flags or green flags home buyer should spot in a property agent or even if you have some tips and tricks when it comes to the, you know, like let's say the contract, for example, anything really to not fall victim. Um, anybody can take the floor on this. Um, over-promising. Okay. I mean, there is promising that I will do well and they're telling you that I will take the moon and give you lah. Okay. So that's yeah. like one one thing like buyers and I think even sellers, right, should be... They should pick up on it, lah. Basically, when the agent overpromises, as you mentioned. I think in everything in life, right? Again, same thing, ah. Mm. If you go on a date with a with a lady and she tells you that she earns thirty thousand a month, she she and she says she only praises you, like like you, it's like too dubious, right? Why why too too much of a good thing is probably not a real thing, lah. A bit sass, lah. Basically, yeah, a bit sass, yeah. Uh, it's too good to be true, lah. Yeah, don't be okay. a sip. Alright. Um, are there any other red flags or somebody can come in with like a green flag? Like what's a good indicator or sign of a like a trustworthy property agent? Looks I mean, like, besides not overpromising, of course. <laughs> looks like Robin. Alama. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Sorry. there is an you can actually you can actually um to engage a property to engage with a property agent, it is an hmm. art. It is an art. Okay. Okay. Um, you probably you know before you engage the property agent you may want to because all the um, all the property agents are registered with the council of estate agent okay and their names their particulars will be able to be verified in the public register CA mm. public register so I, I, I would say the first thing that you want to engage with an agent is to make sure that this agent is registered is licensed like in that sense. He's a licensed agent. Yes. Mm, okay. Licensed salesperson. Huh? And um you know, just like um if I if I if you if we may, if you go back to the uh article yesterday on, on sure. that agent. Yeah. yeah. So you can see that 
you can see that because the agent is licensed to begin with and when he commits offenses mm. there will be a legal recourse okay so um if you're going to deal with an unlicensed agent or or maybe the license the agent itself is not practicing legally you know he will be committing a different type of offense but it will be more difficult to um to get hold of him you know he can be anybody right so the first thing the first thing for a consumer to do is to check the public register, CEA's public register to make sure that he's registered. Uh because as a as a licensed agent, he will need to have a certain um foundation, right? This site is open to public, is it? Like anyone can check, uh? Yes, anybody can check. Um oh, you can go okay. to the CEA website, public register, and you'll be able to verify. Um with the handphone number, the name or even the um the license number. Oh, that's really uh, cool. I didn't know about that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can yeah. just use the handphone number that you, you guys communicate on and you know do run the check. Then right. the next step I would the next step you will need to do is uh to discuss about the commission rates. Prior yeah, to anything, to, la, is it? Yeah, prior to anything. Whether I are, are you gonna charge me for buying the house? If you're gonna charge me for a fee, how much is the fee? Mm-mm. Okay, and, and the next thing is you want to, you know, in, in the, in, in, you know, we, 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 early on in the, in this conversation, we talk about trust, right? Mm. So trust cannot be built overnight. It yeah. is going to be, yeah. So it is going to be a process. It's a journey. So you need to make sure that, you know, the agent is only taking care of you, representing you because you are engaging him to represent you, whether for buying or selling, then you have to make sure that this agent is only taking care of your benefits, your interests only. Mm, okay. Yep. The last thing you probably want to do, or rather you should do, is to sign the documents to appoint them, to appoint the agent as, mm. um, as the agent representing you. So in the document itself, there's a, the estate agency agreement is, is where you will document, you know, whatever i mean in black and white you know we talk about this commission how much is the commission how much do you have to pay you the mm. fee and so on and so forth whether if there's any conflict of interest even right so uh. um, the, the the whole process will be documented in black and white and that estate agent agreement can be used to seek legal recourse if there is um, if there's something wrong that happens subsequently Okay, like make sure you get everything in order, like to like cover your own uh cover your own butt and everything. Yes, you're right. Okay, got you, got you. Yeah, and I, I think I think just to add on your point, like just a reminder from what we said earlier, there should be one agent if you're buying, another agent if you're selling. There shouldn't be one just one agent representing both parties or anything. If you ever um happen to be experiencing that, red flag alert, okay? Take off your rose tinted glasses the red flags everything just to oh, clarify mm. on the point it is perfectly okay for the agent to represent you in your selling and then mm. when you buy you will get the same agent to do it that would be better ah, uh, okay, but, okay. Yes. but the conflict that that that, the, that you were talking about is when you are looking for looking to buy a house the agent who is selling the house is trying to get commission from you because the sell the, the agent is represented or rather the, the agent is representing the seller already. How could that agent be representing you for buying? Mm, they shouldn't be taking any fees out of the other party. La. Yes, you're right. Okay. 
Gotcha. But it is perfectly okay for the agent to be representing you for your selling and your buying subsequently. Mm. Which is two different houses, right? Yeah. It's two different transactions like, in that sense. Yes, you're right. That one is fine. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that's what that's the whole point of property master, right? It's to bring in more transparency and bring in more uh making the whole transaction ethical and honest in that sense. Yep. Definitely. Awesome, awesome. Um, I think just I just want to end on on this, right? Um, as a trainer for real estate salespeople, Robin, what is your or rather tell us what is your number one lesson or thing that you teach the trainees? Like you always impart to them. What is your one thing that you always say? Agent has to be a good marketer, and the agent has to be a good problem solver. Awesome! Wow, this guy really dropped the one liner as if nothing. They always drop the one liner, and then he go on to explain. It's like. What? Nothing. Okay. Uh so we're gonna call it there. Uh thank you so much for listening. Hopefully this episode has taught you some stuff when dealing with property agents. Um things you should look out for, how to not fall prey at the end of the day. As usual, if you have any questions, email it over podcast at mortgagemaster.com.sg poll QA all up. Robin, thank you so much again for taking time out of your busy schedule to give us some knowledge on property agents. Uh men literally like created downloaded discord everything just to uh, be part of this recording so thank you for all your efforts thank you for having me for the efforts right um if people should ask more property agent related questions so that robin can come back for one more episode for the efforts yeah that'd be great hey yeah i mean yeah if you're interested do do of course uh let us know same thing email in podcast at mortgagemaster.com.sg um oh yes listeners final piece we have quite a big announcement next week so do stay tuned when the episode drops uh but if there's nothing else uh robin just let you know we have this thing here where um i let hmm let me think whether i should <laughs> okay robin will you be interested in doing the outro what outro? Uh, <laughs> so it's a get it's a thing where i let all our guests do the outro you, are you interested in doing that i, I can try Alright, if there is nothing else, everybody can say bye. 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 See ya. Bye. Bye.